Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Retweet me. I think we're live. I think we are too. Welcome to... to it's like that, that meme with dive. Bart. They're like, say the line. Say the line. Welcome to the deep dive, Andy. <clears throat> we are obviously in preseason, preseason NFL form, uh, as you can tell. But it's a very big day because we get to talk about my favorite part of the uh, preseason process, which is breaking down the situational schedule matrix in all of its gory details. And I guess it's always important to sort of frame and characterize this before kind of getting too into the weeds with what we're talking about here because the situational spots are very very subjective there are there is a math answer to how much does being on the road back-to-back weeks impact player performance it's non-zero right and there is an answer to how much does having a buy impact player performance it's not zero right but a lot of people probably look at this and think, oh, well, that's a green spot. I'm betting on them. That's a yellow, orange spot, red spot. I'm betting against them. Uh, and th- that's not really how you ought to treat these. This, is, this, this entire process really helps give me clarity, I feel like, uh, <laughs> right or wrong, uh, gives me some clarity as far as like, um, when would we want market timing is everything. When should we get down? And I feel like if you look at the schedule matrix, you can kind of get a sense of imbalance. What's the easy part? What's the hard part? Where, you know, where is a good buy low spot potentially? Like thinking through that stuff at this point in the season helps you kind of make, you know, helps you. It may help us make some good bets. It may help us pr- prevent us from making some bad bets. Uh, and we're going to get into that in detail. I guess is that a fair uh, disclaimer about how you ought to use this? Yeah, and I think also, too, I mean, some people could say, and maybe some people who are a little more savvy and done this a little longer and have paid attention for years about the market, they can say, well, yeah, Andy, like, some of these are the most simple things. These are the absolute simplest things where, oh, yes, we're on buy. We're off, you know, it's team coming off buy. Like, yeah, everybody knows that. Well, I mean, that and some of these other little easy ones, like, hey, yeah, the guy is, the, the team is coming off a Thursday night game. They have extra rest. The team has a Thursday night game ahead of them. They have lesser or a Saturday or if there's weird spots with Thanksgiving or the holidays. Once we get to those, those things are obviously baked in, but it's, it's just a nice little reminder on why they're baked in or, you know, why a line is a certain way. Like maybe a nice little reminder that you need to be adjusting because there's a little rest. Like you can take your power numbers, but you should also be adjusting for this, that, the other thing, you know, there's, uh, you know, a team with three straight road games, a team with even back-to-back road games, things like that. It's it's stuff that you need to be adjusting for, and staying on top of it. It, it helps a lot for me, especially when I'm when I'm running my numbers, and then I look at every all the situational stuff and be like, all right, I should give this team a quarter point bump here, a half point bump there, takeaway, or you know, these two things kind of make a wash. Or you yeah. know, there can some there's some of these things that affect totals as well. So it's a lot of this stuff. It it isn't just some guide for like here's when to bet on a team and here's when to fade a team. Yeah, it's to help <laughs> you make your adjustments. Yeah, guess what? Um, you're not the only person in the NFL betting marketplace that knows that Team X is coming off of a buy. 
Um, everyone knows it in fact. And even more than that, everyone has solved effectively what that means, <laughs> right? Like it is, it is broad. Is that a fair thing to say? Maybe it's not solved, but there is a broadly accepted adjustment now that you make for a team that is coming off of by taking on a team that is at a rest disadvantage. Uh, and really like that's kind of what the entire situational matrix is about identifying spots where potentially a team is at a disadvantage at an advantage and then looking at the overall um, you know schedule and seeing are there clusters of those over given portions of the schedule that would impact them winning their division winning their conference uh, or affecting their playoff seating uh, keeping them in or out of the playoffs and all of those things I think we can provide a ton of context here as we kind of break this down um, just don't use this and expect to get rich by you know, firing away when there's an advantage, because broadly speaking, almost all of this stuff has been reasonably well captured by the market at this point. Yeah. Right. No, for sure. And th th I mean, that is the biggest thing. Like I just said, it's built in, it's baked into the number, but it's, it's a nice little reminder on why things are a certain way. Like, Oh, this looks just a touch high. And you're like, Oh, they're in an advantage spot. Their opponents in a disadvantage spot. Here's, you know, here's why this is slightly off. I'm going to just leave this be. Like you said, and I think a lot of the things we do, a lot of the things that I take in personally, as far as media or information, it usually isn't leading me to a bet. It's leading me to not make up, <laughs> you know, not make, <laughs> not make an yeah, ill-informed yeah, yeah. bet, you know, that something along great, those lines. That's a great call. And in, in the spirit of sharing some credit, I listened to an excellent podcast today about our friend uh, Rob Pizzola uh, and Betstamp Johnny, obviously competitors of Betsperts, but nonetheless, they're putting out a good podcast. Uh, and then I think Rob had a very specific point of view that I was like, hallelujah, somebody said this. And he said it in a way that I haven't really thought of it before. Um, but he was basically like, I'm never going to bet against my numbers. But I may have a number, an edge by my numbers that I don't bet. And this is some of the reasons why you might not. Right. Injuries he was bringing up as kind of the key example for him. But certainly, like if I have an advantage on a team and oh, oops, they happen to be, you know, third straight on the road or oops, they happen to be in an especially disadvantaged travel situation. Um, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to skip it. I'm going to waive that opportunity. And, you know, that you can do just as much damage, not placing a losing bet at one point one as you will finding a winning bet at one point. in fact, a little bit more. So. Gotcha. Uh, with all that, shall we get to shall, the schedule we unveil, real quick before we unveil it too? If you are watching, I, I actually have the YouTube stream up because I'm I wanted to look at it. If you like the new look, and I absolutely like the new look. I don't know somebody in the chat. It should be working. I'm watching myself live on YouTube now. We had a little little hiccup right there at the beginning, but if you do like the new look. Obviously, producer Dan has been making all these. It's looking great. Give us a thumbs up in the chat. We'll be working through a little more hiccups as we go, but uh, I think we've got it nailed down. And uh, by next week, it's once the preseason, guys. It's preseason. Pre once, <laughs> once, once we get the previews rolling here by next week, we'll be in full full season form. But yeah, give us a thumbs up if you like the new look. And yeah, let's uh, let's unveil let's unveil one of All the right. two the two preview looks. This is the AFC. In all its yes. glory. And as you will notice, uh, going through uh, the schedule, there are more advantage spots for AFC teams and more disadvantage spots for NFC teams. Andy, can you guess why? 
because of the stupid 17th game. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, there, there's just more, there's going to be more home games. You're going to have more home games. You can't have, you can have more facing opponent off a second straight or second straight away game, third straight away game, facing them in a funny spot. Like it's just going to happen more often when you are having this many home games compared. So, uh, and truthfully, we said this last week or earlier this week, I kind of hope they just go to 18 games. If you're going to go to 17, just go to 18, balance this out. Somebody's going to cry by the end of the season about this. So hopefully we just, we just get to 18 and sort this out. But yeah, they, the AFC, and really now that I'm thinking about it, the AFC is tougher. Like it's a it's, tougher conference. Maybe. So I guess for this one year and however many years we have it, I guess, but for at least for this year, I'm happy that the AFC has it a little easier because it's a tougher overall conference. So maybe it will balance the balance the power out a little. But yeah, for now, when you look at these, you will see more advantages in the AFC schedule. In the blind, how would you line AFC wins versus NFC wins this season? Minus eight and a half. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say seven eight, I suppose. Like kind of yeah. split the difference. Okay. Seven and a half, juicy to the over. Juicy, okay. juicy like to the AFC. Um there was also there always is there's an, a complete and let, let's kind of go through the notes let's talk about uh notes about the buy first some other disadvantage you know advantage disadvantage uh spots what else, you know what we identify um some of the miscellaneous stuff uh and then uh and then we'll kind of break down and highlight some of the true winners and losers uh and how they may affect some conference uh, or some conference and some division prices so um starting with the afc and uh the buy notes um every team has a buy how about that that is true that will always have, be true do you have a thought maybe two about, buys eventually do you have a thought about whether uh an early buyer or a late buy is better this year and i just want to note uh that the earliest buys uh come to the likes of atlanta uh new york giants uh, san francisco and the New York Jets in week six. Um, so no buys before week six. Sometimes we used to see them in like five, sometimes week four. Uh, no buys till week six this year. And then we have some late buys. Um, there are buys as late as week 14 uh, for the likes of Indiana, or excuse me, Indianapolis, uh, Miami, New England, and the Philadelphia Eagles, all very, very, very late buys. So um, you come out of your buy and you just have the, the final quarter of the season left, four games. Um, do you have a general thought about whether if you had a choice, would you take an early buy or late buy this season? Oh, man. I mean, Short preseason. It, it would depend how my, t you know, it's it's everything, context, context, context. It would depend how my, like, if my team was gearing up for the postseason or not. Like you've seen what happened, and uh, obviously Big Ben was a mess, and there was other issues. But like, what happened with Pittsburgh last year, having that early, early buy, playing like you know forever many weeks in a row. If I was a a, com a competitive team and I was looking to make a deep run, I would want a later buy. I'd want late in the season to regroup. If I was a you know rebuilding team, I guess I wouldn't really give a shit. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. Um... Yeah, it could affect a team like Philly. You know, Philly, who has so many in re, you know so many new parts, so many in new integrations. Uh, uh, a lot of guys coming off of injury, not getting a buy until week fourteen is rough. Kind of, 
but in general, I agree with you. I'd rather have a later buy than an early buy. But one right smack dab in the middle, week nine would probably be uh, the ideal week uh, to have a buy, I would guess. Um, the it, it is going to be weird though. Like like week fourteen is like kind of late in December. <laughs> You're not getting a break until late in December. <laughs> so they should have just given everybody two buys, and then that's probably where we're going once there's an eighteen game schedule. But whatever. Um, by playing teams coming off of a buy, wildly uh, disproportionate across the various teams. This has been covered um, by some other folks that I, you know, other folks who kind of do just the raw numbers of um, extra rest, rest disadvantage over the course of a season. Um, but you have a team like New England who gets absolutely neutered. It, it, New England got neutered. Uh, they have, have to play teams on off of by back-to-back weeks uh week seven week eight and then thereby week 14 is completely neutralized because coming into week 15 they're playing indianapolis who is also off of by so they do not get the seven game advantage from a rest standpoint and they have to play two teams back-to-back who do have that advantage um similarly miami plays two teams back-to-back who have that rest disadvantage or when they have that rest of spanish and oh by the way that happens to come after they fly home from playing the Jaguars in London. Uh, do you last thought on buys here for the AFC before we flip over to the NFC, uh, specifically relating to Miami electing not to take their buy after playing London? Probably the big, yeah, that's probably the biggest one. That's the one that stuck out right away. It's like, oh no, who did that? Was it Indy a few years ago? I feel like someone. <sighs> yeah, popped, Indy did. They I ended think, up winning against the Bears, but the Bears really peed down their leg in that game. Yeah, it's it's not a great thing to do. I don't think. I'm not sure if it, like, what the other option was. If they they got their bye between the two New York teams instead, I guess that's okay. They you're getting extra rest for a home game versus the Jets doesn't seem to be as good as getting extra rest somewhere else. And, but yeah, instead they're playing. Uh, you know, in London, and then two straight teams who are off their bye, one of them being at Buffalo, who's obviously a very good team. So if Atlanta turns out to be a good team, that's going to be a nasty stretch. If they screw it up over in London, like that's going to be a terrible three-game stretch for the organization in general. Atlanta, the beneficiaries of that, uh, because Atlanta has to, they lose that home game going to London, which we'll talk about in a second. But then coming off their bye, they get to play Miami, who's coming home from London immediately uh so that'll be a little bit tricky um honestly this stretch of games that we're talking about for miami uh we'll go i won't include indianapolis week four but let's start at tampa week five tampa at the jags in london uh home for atlanta at buffalo off both off buys that's four very 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 tough games I think you're probably happy with the two and two, but likely looking at a one and three there, yeah. maybe an zero and four. Um, you know, you no know disagreement on your hand on your part. Yeah, one and three is probably yeah. your median result. How many wins are you gonna? You know, how many how many uh, losses can you sustain and still win the very competitive AFC East now? five every yeah everything's so different now that i have to think in 17 game increments but <laughs> 12 and 5 is that going to get it done against the bills 12 and yeah 12 and 5 is you know 12 and 4 and 12 and 5 are very different records 
But yeah, 12 and five feels like an attainable, especially just looking at Buffalo's schedule right now. I mean, they play at KC, at Tennessee, at Tampa, at New Orleans. Their road games aren't easy, but Buffalo, yeah, 11, 12, 13 wins. There's definitely on the table for them. So falling behind that badly is, uh, it's not great. It might, it might spell the end of things. Yeah. And, but that said, like if you had designs to play Miami wins the AFC East, are you going to get a better price before they play Houston week nine or right this minute? I mean, probably then. Yeah. And I I mean, just looking at this was just a setup for an example purposes, but this is kind of the thought process that this helps me kind of go through problem too because you got to look at how buffalo will play through that stretch as well of course buffalo hosting pittsburgh hosting washington hosting houston with a bye probably beating miami at home uh, that one's that one's the big one beating miami at home week eight right that then flips it that gets you a right, bigger number right then right there that gets you a bigger number and so if you have designs of betting miami first of all if you're like man if tua puts it together this year miami could win the afc east i don't disagree with that if he puts it together, but guess when I'm going to bet that I'm not going to bet it now. <laughs> There's just no reason to, there's no reason to, they're going to have four, maybe five losses by the time we get to week nine. And at that point, you are going to get a substantially better price. And honestly, I'm probably not going to bet it because if you look at Buffalo's schedule, it is super duper soft down the home stretch. You see these last four games, man, they get to host, Two AFC South opponents, excuse me, two NFC South opponents in Carolina and Atlanta, up in Frozen Orchard Park in the, in December and January. Bring in a dome team, awesome. Let's, let's bring in our dome team in Week 16. Sounds great. Uh, and then you get to play uh, New England and New York Jets, who you're going to be touchdown plus favorites against in both of those spots. Maybe at New England, you're a three and a half point favorite if New England happens to be good, which I doubt. But whatever the case is, Buffalo. Down that home stretch, if they sputter at all, man, I might be bombs away on some Buffalo to in the East. What do you think? Yeah, it doesn't seem just what, how we feel about New England. Obviously, the Jets are complete rebuild. Like the price is the price for a reason. It doesn't seem all that like. And just now that you get into some of these, I think that's why this is such a good tool when you start to look at you know some of these division prices to make the playoff prices anything like that. So yeah, I'd like Miami as a sneaky team with a coach we kind of like and some pieces coming together. And, you know, maybe with the, the uncertainty of Tua, it's you, you don't look at Miami as possibly a, you know, a win to the division price. Maybe it's a, you know, if they play well enough, it's an alt win total over like 11 and a half wins. Yeah. You know, they, they win, they win 12 games, don't win the division something along those lines. Like if, if it's a high variance, long swing to the good side, they play well enough and maybe don't, you know, don't end up winning the division anyways, but you, you know, you can win some money if you bet them to make the playoffs, to go over their win total, to get over their alternate win total, something along those lines. So yeah, it, it kind of helps me put some of the puzzle pieces together on that. Yeah. And plus if you wait on a Miami price, even if you do love them, and again, this is not betting advice. This is just hypothetical. If you love Miami and, but you still have to acknowledge the uncertainty of Tua um, waiting until week nine gives you the opportunity to collect some data on him to improve your prior on what Tua is capable of. Like I promise you, you're going to know a hell of a lot more about Tua in week nine than you know right now. 
I promise. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that should that should presumably add confidence and reduce variance in your projection of what they can get to from a win standpoint. And at the time you get to week nine, having already taken a loss, tough loss to the Bills, um, you can then kind of make a decision about how you want to attack that future market if you even want to. Um, so that's uh, that. Those were kind of my key buy thoughts as I looked at the AFC. If we want to flip over to the NFC. Again, a number of teams that avoid having to play anyone off of a bye, um, whereas teams like the Bears, teams like the Vikings, teams like the Packers all have to play teams off a of bye twice. <laughs> so that's three of your yeah. NFC North teams. It's it's unbalanced like this every year. You'll find like here's a team that yeah here's a team or two or five that play nobody off the bye, Tampa and then there's two. a stretch Seattle like. Does too. Yeah, or yeah. and then you'll find a stretch like not only does this team play somebody off the bye, you play two teams off the bye in a row. Like Dallas and you know, Minnesota gets Dallas and Baltimore. Minnesota it does kind of neuter it because Minnesota's off their bye into the first one. But it, it again, it, if you want to say, well, that's a positive for Minnesota, well, it's also a negative. Like their bye is neutered by Dallas. So same thing, you know, uh, Chicago, Arizona, and Green Bay both off their bye, getting a little extra rest off of Thursday night football again, but still, if you want to get extra rest off Thursday night football, it's nice if you can take advantage of that instead of Absolutely. playing a team off their bye. So, and vice there's versa, a, there's a few of these yeah. spots where it's just yeah. like, uh, and yeah, the same thing with Tampa Bay, they're getting off their bye, playing a team coming off their bye as well. So, a bunch yeah. of these are that way. It's like they try to make it up to them a little, but again, it, it's not the same. It doesn't give you enough. And you know, Green Bay's aren't back to back, but they're two two spots sandwiched <laughs> around the Minnesota game. Two spots Minnesota. against uh, two spots against uh, presumptive playoff teams in yeah. a stretch where they are playing otherwise uh, difficult road games and their home games are neutered. Uh, that's so that that is uh, that's that's tricky, man. Um, yeah, bringing in Seattle, bringing in the Rams, both off their bias is going to be uh, going to be interesting. But uh, yeah, I think I think uh, it was interesting to me that you had. Um, Green Bay was Green Bay. Obviously, is the most uh, Green Bay and Seattle were the two most impacted by this. Seattle in week seven eight has back to buy off the buys, uh, having to play New Orleans and Jacksonville. So, New Orleans probably matters. Jacksonville probably doesn't, but they're both at home at least. And any anybody who is looking at these while we're looking at these charts while we're watching, you want to explain your little. You know, the colors all have a key, a little legend off the side. You want to explain sure. a little. The little symbols that we started throwing in the other year. Oh, sure, 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 sure. What is it? Clock, uh, clock, clock, airplane, snowflake. Okay, so yeah, for the uh, the disadvantage. Oh, and there's uh, an up arrow. The disadvantage spots. Uh, I got a couple of different symbols here. Um, they're all colored with a very faint yellow. These are very. I consider these mild disadvantage spots. I would not go above and beyond in saying this is a scheduled loss because it's so bad any for any of these like this is just like hey uh there's a if there's a snowflake in your cell that means you're either a warm weather team or a dome team that is being asked to go play in the frigid cold in the typically cold time of year <laughs> and that's that's just you know it tends to impact performance marginally you just at least want to know about it um if you have a sunshine uh in your cell that means you are a cooler weather team. Maybe you had your uh, training camp in the cooler weather north 
uh, and you are being forced to go play in Miami and stand in the sunny side of the field in the month of September, which traditionally zaps uh, and impacts uh, player performance, especially in the second half. I, that's one of my favorite angles is a uh, team with a lead in the heat of Miami sun uh, coming out of halftime and just losing their legs. Um, I feel like you could point to a number of examples from that since they, since the new hard rock stadium opened up and they put the visitors in the direct fall sun. <laughs> it is really nasty. Uh, terrible, terrible to do that to human beings, but they do. Um, so that's the sunshine and the snowflake. The uh, pointing up is an indication of earlier in the season. Maybe you don't have your legs under you cause you're still coming off of a COVID year and a limited training camp. Uh, and you have to go play at altitude. And there was only one, I think there were only two teams that that happens to this year. We'll get into Denver's schedule a little bit more in a bit because it's kind of funny. Usually the Denver effect really is week one, week two, you see teams with jelly legs at altitude. Um, this year it's week three, week four. So maybe by this time you've kind of got your legs under you. Uh, but the Jets in week three and uh, the Ravens in week four both have to go play at altitude. Uh, the London note is obviously uh, that's self-explanatory. I hope that one. <laughs> yeah, that one does make London. sense. Like, yeah, just going, uh, yeah, it was and it was nice. It was something we didn't. I don't know. I was about to say it's something we didn't have to deal with last year, but you at the same it. time, we've. We've made money off the London games. Just oh, yeah. Twickenham sitting and, there and waiting, biding our time to figure out, like, it's like a standoff between the two coaches, especially when it's two coaches that we don't trust. It's like, mm -hmm. who's going to make the worst decision about travel here? Who's yeah. going to show up, like, Saturday afternoon or something <laughs> god awful like that? Or who's yeah. traveling from, you know, like, their oh, East Coast game back to, like, the Midwest and then to London instead of just flying to London from, like, New York. Like, there's always something. Yeah, it's Miami this year because <laughs> they're going at Jacksonville home and then presumably at London, which is an eight-and-a-half-hour flight we found out today. Um, longer flight than flying to Seattle. Um, the last two symbols worth noting, there is a clock that is also self-explanatory. That is a West Coast or or mountain time team yes. that is playing in the early spot on the east coast so basically the 1 p.m eastern standard time kickoff for a team that uh traditionally uh lives in the uh, in the west um so those are the clocks the last one this one is mostly just a for me to kind of help keep track of this sort of stuff um but i put an airplane on the first road trip after an extended homestand does that check out you know and why 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 would i put why would i want to know about that i mean that is a thing too when these teams get these weird stretches where they play god well remember atlanta's like yeah was that last year or two years ago where they played like eight Every straight game games dome. indoors <laughs> yeah. or something it was maybe yeah. more than that but, you know, because it was like, oh, their away games are Indy and New Orleans and they're home a bunch again. It's like every one of these is a dome game for a long stretch. But, yeah, being at home for three, four games in a row and then finally having to travel, sometimes there can be a little more of a disadvantage spot once you've gotten comfortable at home. I don't know if we can maybe, although killer sports is going away, I don't know if that's going to be like a paywall thing or not. I use that all the time. It's, it might be worth uh, worth looking at. Hmm. Uh, the, so the other thing about the, um, the, 
reason I wanted those highlighted, not even just that a team is going to perform worse when that happens, but um, they could be overvalued by the market. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> because, no, that's a good point. because they've been home and they've been comfortable and it that is like that it's a it's a potential sell high. I, I can't yeah, I can't believe I didn't catch on because I actually brought that up with Cincy. You did. Like you when we talked about that earlier. I just kind of <laughs> space that we'll we'll get to that division here eventually because there's a weird schedule blur. I don't know if it's a complete anomaly. This I'm sure this has happened before, but yeah, Cincy Cincy has some weird things to their schedule, and they're not gonna be a great team anyway. Yeah. Yeah, but there's a couple there are a couple of three week in a row homestands. Minnesota has one. Dallas has one. Uh, Cleveland has one. The one that, oh yeah, Cincinnati has one. You mentioned that. Miami has one. The one that was very interesting, though, was Baltimore's. Baltimore is home from week five to week nine. They are home for five straight weeks. One of those weeks is their bye. Uh, but then that has a consequence because week 10 through week 14, they are on the road four of those five weeks. Four out of five. Uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of the idea of uh, of doing this stuff. Um, our, our YouTube is uh, is is dumping on us today. That's a bummer, man. We'll have to figure out what's going on here. Um, but yeah, the uh, uh, the general um, yellow squares are marginally impactful. Uh, the orange ones indicate you are on the second week of a back-to-back road games. The brown ones indicate you are on the third week of a back-to-back road game. Uh, the hot pink is your opponent is coming off of the bye, and the softer pink is your opponent is coming off of Thursday night football. I think whereas the bye question has largely been solved in the handicapping community, people know exactly what they want to do in terms yeah. of adjusting for the bye, uh, the Thursday night football question is less solved, in my opinion. Because there are less rules around what you can do the week, you know, in the couple of days you have in that week of preparation after Thursday night football. Um, you know, you can still have guys come in and, you know, kind of install some new plays. You have a little bit more time <clears throat> to get your guys rested and recovered uh, and to install wrinkles and plays and really break down your opponents' strengths and weaknesses. And I believe that when you have extra rest off of Thursday night football, sometimes you play uh, among your best games of the season. And we, you know, we see that every year too, especially, I think, again, not every team is built different. Not every, the, the same advantage doesn't affect every team the same. Like some of these, a team with more veterans or a team with a better coaching staff. It's like a multiplier, you know, like the Thursday night rest break for a shitty young coach. I mean, let I keep throwing Zach Taylor under the bus, but like someone who, you know, he's younger as far as experience, and he, he's actually pretty high on first coach fire props for so many other bad coaches being out there. But, some, you know, somebody like that, you know, the, the multiplier isn't there. Like, taking advantage of that just isn't the same as, I mean, I hate to just say Andy Reid off a bye in July. We're not even <laughs> – it's that's our first – we should have a counter for that. Andy Reid off a bye counter for the year. But, you know, a, a good coach with a – a veteran coaching staff or veteran players and a team who's experienced success, a team, a disciplined team is going to take more advantage of that stuff. So I some agree. of the, you know, we joke about the, the buy getting neutered by another team being off the buyer Thursday. It's like some of these advantages. It's why we said, it's not just, here's the bet on and bet against spots. Like, again, the context, like, you know, 
having having 10 days of rest is not the same for every team. Some teams are just not well coached, well managed. They don't take advantage of these things. Or they don't have good training staffs. It's not going to make a difference. Yeah, they're the Chargers. Um, And they're not going to get their guys healthy with the extra time. Uh, The the flip side of this example of having an extra three days to prepare for your next opponent is the short week before Thursday night football. And again, another angle that I don't think is necessarily perfectly priced by the market is when you have an experienced head coach going up against a rookie head coach on Thursday night football. Typically, the experienced head coaches are installing plays the week before for that Thursday night football game, recognizing that with the short week, with the no practice on Monday, uh, with the current rule situation in the NFL, um, you're going to need to be ahead of the game by a week if you're going to look your sharpest on that Thursday night game. And guess what we have this year in the NFL? You're not going to believe it. Seven rookie head coaches playing on Thursday night football, uh, which is outstanding news for a lot of us. Um, No team gets to play two of these. uh, And in general, you don't have a ton of um, good coaches going up against teams with inexperienced coaches. So Kansas City is an example where you do have that. Kansas City and Andy Reid get to play against the LA Chargers and Brandon Staley on Thursday night football. That should be a mismatch. Um, uh, Frank Reich in Indianapolis get to play against the New York Jets and Robert Sala on Thursday night football. That should be a mismatch. Bill Belichick and the Patriots get to go against Art Smith on Thursday night football. Little rematch of the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's probably advantage, Bill. <laughs> I don't think that's super, uh, you know, I don't think that's a, a super controversial call. Uh, even, and then the other Nagy, ones, man. Yeah. yeah, even Nagy. Nagy gets to go up against uh, the uh, the Dan Campbells of the world. Uh, and uh, Bruce Arians gets to go up against the um, uh, the Nick Sirianni's of the world. So uh, who do, do we see? Who, who gets to draw Dave Culley? Looks like it's, it's, it's uh, Carolina. Panthers. Panthers draw Dave Culley on Thursday. Early in the season, too. I'd like, I think, I think this is not as important early and maybe argue with me on this, I guess, but you think early in the season, late in the season, this changes, you know, early in the season, you're still getting to know your team a little as a rookie head coach, probably less prepared to prepare them, but also you're not as ground down as a team. I still think it's probably worse early on because you've, you've had less time to work with the offense, less time to put a game plan and you've only put two game plans in place at that point if you're not counting preseason shit, which you shouldn't. So, yeah, rough spot for Cully there. Week three, having to play a Thursday night game right away off a game against, uh, you know, Jameis Winston there. Even a coach that I have tremendous respect for in um, in Cleveland, uh, he had a short week into week two last year going up against Zach Taylor, and the Browns could not manifest a cover. Uh, so – it's still it's still possible that it is possible that earlier in the season it matters more. Um, but the uh, the rookie head coaches did not do especially well against the spread last year. Um, Carolina did not cover. Cleveland did not cover. The Giants did. That was the Carson Wentz game where everything was set up to go right for Philly to get back on track and save their season, and they did not. Uh, that was the, I think the last time I bet on Carson Wentz. Uh, still to this day. Um, so 
yeah, there was only three of these examples last year, and there's now seven this year. So that's exciting. Uh, Thursday Night Football is going to be fun to bet this year. Um, didn't really have a ton of other uh, advantage, disadvantage uh, stuff to bring up here. I guess the one last thing that's kind of weird, the requested road trip. Um, we had trouble finding this this year. It's been It's been buried. This information was a little buried. Apparently, San Francisco is, as best we can tell you, San Francisco is the only team that requested two East Coast trips to occur in back-to-back weekends so they can stay at the Greenbrier and get a focused week of practice. The last time San Francisco did this, they came out blazing and buried the Giants, even though they had massive injuries. The time before that, that San Francisco did this, they came out and they buried the Bengals, who I bet on that day and regretted as probably the worst play I made for the entirety of the 2019 season. Plus one. Man, they're both on that. (laughs) Plus one. I think they lost. I I mean, just off the top of my head, I think it was 42 to three. Yeah, Um, they lost. It it felt like 42 to three. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't. like a close game. We we didn't have to sweat that one. There are a couple of these I wondered about. It's divisional stuff, so maybe not. And it's Dallas. It's not like Dallas isn't. West Coast, but Dallas does have Washington and the Giants back to back. I'm not sure if you, I think you probably fly back to Arlington for that. I think you do too. Um, yeah. Otherwise, really, honestly, some of these are. There was one that was kind of a head scratcher that I was really trying to track down, and I never got a straight answer. And we're we'll talk about it again in a second here, but it's the Denver Broncos. Um, they play back to back roadies early in the season. Uh, we'll get to their schedule. We'll we'll, we'll break down the AFC West yep. in a little bit more detail in a second here. But that is one where I'm going to be looking for more information to see if Denver decides to stay east. But uh, best, best I can tell you, there was only the one team, San Francisco, that requested back-to-back roadies this year, which I think is an advantage for them, honestly. At least they have proven that they can make the most out of that. Uh, so let's see if they do it again. Uh, they would be taking advantage of Philadelphia in that second game potentially after uh, presumably getting a win against Detroit week one, uh, which may set them up for some early season success, which we will also talk about next. But I want to go back to the AFC and I want to talk a little AFC Norse. Um, Norse. Where's what's your current temperature on uh, Browns Ravens for AFC North? I haven't looked at prices. Like what, what do we have for what's kind of market? Let's say they're both uh, plus one money. Let's say they're both plus 120. And so every year we have this where there's a team that everybody's on and everybody loves them and it just doesn't work out. Like it's like, oh, this is such a popular team. And everybody thought that, you know, Super Bowl tickets and we're laughing when they're like four and six somewhere, down, you know, in the middle of the season. Cleveland feels like that team, but I just can't buy it. Like I just don't. I don't feel like they can F up that bad. Like Baker Mayfield would have to take a huge step back and all these additions would have to like maybe a bunch of injuries and a regression from him. Like I'm pretty pro Cleveland this year, even with the, they both have tough schedules. I think they both have tough schedules. Cleveland has a really easy stretch in the middle. Um, if, if Aaron oh, Rodgers yeah. isn't playing and I mean, the, the end of the season could be after this, you know, if you look at this stretch, the Detroit, you know, at Baltimore's not easy, but then by Baltimore, Vegas, like that's a goofy spot. But if you end up with like, what is it? Jordan Love, Mason Rudolph, 
uh, and then whatever's left of Joe Burrow at the end of the year. <laughs> Is Mason Rudolph still in the Steelers? I thought it was Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins, who knows? Yeah, that could be pretty nice. Um, yeah, let's talk about Baltimore first. Uh, the, the Ravens start out difficult, three out of four on the road. Uh, nothing absurd travel wise, but you do have to make two trips west. Got to go to you got to go to Vegas for Monday Night Football. Uh, let's just assume that they get a fair whistle in that game. Let's just assume. Uh, and then you have to go at Detroit at Denver weeks three, week four, uh, and Kansas City sandwiched in the middle at home, a game you obviously care a lot about if you think you're going to be competing for the number one seed in the AFC. Um, that's a tough opening. Sweet there. But then we get to the point we brought up previously where Baltimore has five weeks in a row. They do not have to get on an airplane or a bus. It is Just show up at the stadium or stay at home. And not only that, but and we're going to deal with this all summer. There's a lot of ifs and buts. Like, we don't know. Indy, Carson Wentz is the guy who, you know, took the team to the Super Bowl before he got hurt. I mean, he was a big part of that season. Carson Wentz is that guy or Carson Wentz is the guy he is now. Indy can go a couple different ways. So like that Indy game could be a cakewalk if if shit doesn't work out there. The Chargers. That's their, that's their third week in a row on the road. Also, yeah, Indies. Yeah, yeah, Indy. So Indy with a quarterback, we don't know if it's going to work. That could be, you know, if if Minnesota is scuffling like they did last year, kind of a middling team. Cincinnati didn't fix their offensive line. You have a bye. Like the Chargers, the toughest game in there might be against a rookie head coach. Like, yeah. Truthfully, yeah. so. I'm this, saying this I would say nice pretty, stretch for them. I would say with pretty high confidence that Baltimore, I don't believe that they emerge clean out of those first four weeks, but I don't think I see a loss in their next five. And so there's a potential, there's yeah. a potential buy low on Baltimore week starting week five. Um, then things get gnarly for them though, week 10 through week 14. They have their four out of five on the road. Uh, Miami uh, is one where you potentially can sell high on them for that game, depending yeah. on how hot the market is on Baltimore at that time. Chicago is a weird one because that's their second straight roadie, but they get extra rest off of Thursday night football. But Chicago is coming off of their bye. So I'm probably going to skip that one. <laughs> There's a little, just a little too much going yeah. on there. Um, this is where things get effed for them and where and, and, and again that chicago game back to that real quick sometimes there's just too much going on yeah and you know we're not gonna say we're course. not gonna sit here on july 7th and say i'm not betting that game because there's too much situational stuff going on like i'm gonna evaluate that market the same as any other game when we get to it but sure. i'm going to remember this and i'm gonna look at my chart and be like god there is still a lot going on in this game man <laughs> yes and uh and then 12 13 14 this is this is where I think the clear advantage tilts in favor of Cleveland for the division. Baltimore hosts Cleveland, their one home game and this five game stretch. Then they have to go at Pittsburgh, at Cleveland. At Cleveland. Okay. You know what Cleveland gets to do in that stretch? They got to go at Baltimore. <laughs> they got to go. No, they got to go at Baltimore. They get their bye. And then they got Baltimore at home. So they can absolutely put everything on the table in that first game. Get that on. win. Put the clamps on it. Get that win in the first game on the road at Baltimore. Most important game on your whole calendar. You get that win. 
then you get a week off and you get to host Baltimore after Baltimore has to play a physical game against Pittsburgh. P fucking you. This sucks for Baltimore. Sucks. I cannot believe that the NFL did this to them. I always look at what game Baltimore is playing after Pittsburgh and what game Pittsburgh is playing after Baltimore because it's always interesting to me because they always seem to be especially hurt in in those games. And I can't believe that it's for the division against Cleveland on the road who's coming off a bye. Like, this is mind-blowing to me that they gave Baltimore this scheduled loss. I can't believe it. We're going to be down on Pittsburgh this year. Like, Big Ben is broken. The offensive line, probably even worse somehow. The defense is less elite. I mean, it'll still be a good defense, but I mean, guys coming off major injuries, like some real major injuries, not the ones you just bounce back off, but like Pittsburgh is not going to be a pushover. Like again, it it could be a case where Pittsburgh wins very few games, but it's never, it's not going to be like easy wins. This is not going to be some, some team that wins the division and goes out and wins three games. Or, you know, even if they are like a five, six win team and it's really disappointing, they will be in a lot of games. Like Pittsburgh's not going to fall off the face of the earth. They still have a, a pretty decent coach and a bunch of skilled players. And the, if the offense can make anything happen, it's still very dangerous with those receivers. So, like, you know, we're going to discount Pittsburgh a lot, but we have to kind of remember, like, it's still not just some – it's it's not Cincinnati. Well, let's talk about Pittsburgh a little bit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Their bye gets neutralized. They won the division, man. <laughs> Their schedule's not yeah. easy. Their schedule is not. It is not easy, man. It is not. They start out at Buffalo. They're going to be touchdown dogs. They got to go. Then they get Raiders, Cincy, blah, 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 blah. At Green Bay, probably two and two start. I think is a fair exp- expectation there. Uh, maybe three and one if something breaks your way. Um, Denver, Seattle, bye. Nah, Seattle coming off of Thursday Night Football. A little extra time to prep. That might be tough. Um, but that's a lot of home games. That's not a lot of travel. I count week two home, week three home, week four on the road, five home, six home, seven by. So you you are lately traveled at that point, and you are probably looking at a winning record, and people are probably feeling like, hey, everyone said we were going to suck, but here we are at five and three or whatever, right? Cleveland gets their by neutralized, or you know, uh, excuse me, Pittsburgh gets their by neutralized a bit because Cleveland has extra rest coming off of Thursday night football. Uh, and then probably wins against Chicago and Detroit, or at least a competitive game against Chicago and a win against Detroit, who's coming off thereby. So through this point in the season, I think everybody's feeling pretty positive in Pittsburgh. Okay. Then they go. What happens then? They go to schedule hell. (laughs) They go to schedule hell. I cannot tell you how difficult week 11 through week 18 is going to be for Pittsburgh. If they are not comfortably in the playoff picture, when they beat Detroit in Week Ten, Pittsburgh is, ought to sincerely consider tanking for a draft pick. Yeah, because they are. I mean, how many wins are in this stretch from Week Eleven to Week Eighteen? At the Chargers, at Cincy, back to back, home for Baltimore, at Minnesota, and then you get Tennessee, KC, Cleveland, Baltimore down the home stretch. That is four expected. <sighs> either co-favorites to win their division or clear favorites to win their division all yeah. in a row in the last four games of your regular season. No, yeah, but in your home games, your home games are <laughs> playoff teams. <laughs> playoff teams, yes. 
like playoff Both teams from last. Not only just like, and I hate, I hate using that. You know, when we use metrics and strength of schedule, we try not to just go off last year. But like Baltimore, Tennessee, and Cleveland are not like, oh, they were playoff teams with big win totals from last year. No, they, they're expected to do well again. It's not. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh is a good example of one. <laughs> you know, they're not Pittsburgh. But yeah, ball, when you're when your home games are that tough, and then you have five road games, and again, a few of them are against playoff teams. Like in yeah. Minnesota, cusp, kind of the cusp of the playoffs. Cusp, the Chargers yep. have the talent last year to be a playoff yep. team. Cincinnati, the, your road game at Cincinnati, while you're waiting to prep for Baltimore, if sandwich spots really exist that's kind of a bad spot that's one yeah and yeah because you, you oh by the way you just travel to the la and just and now go travel to cincinnati and mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah you have baltimore on deck okay now go to minnesota okay over that stretch of eight games would you be more surprised with five and three or oh and eight five and three <laughs> i think i would too I think I would too. I think my expected wins over this eight games is like two and change. Yeah. I mean, Baltimore would have to have a bunch of injuries. Yeah. I mean, throw it out, throw out the injuries, but just, just mean expected wins over this eight game stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Like, two, like that, two if, point, if you extrapolate every, you know, the multiverse of schedules, like in that five and three scenario, they beat Cincinnati. Lamar Jackson is in the hospital for this whole stretch. <laughs> They get the Tennessee win on the back of just, you know, like something. And then maybe Minnesota. Is that even five? I think I only counted four. <laughs> you only counted four. They got to beat the Chargers too. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it's, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's wild, man. It's wild. So, I, I you know, realistically, I, I'm not going to beat the drum that Pittsburgh is going to regress, that they're overrated, that forget Pittsburgh, they don't have a chance, blah, 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 blah. Like that's overstating it. But I will absolutely tell you, that be prepared for what be, will befall them at the end of their season if things, you know, if, if this is a relatively healthy campaign for the expected playoff contenders, because that is hell. Never see anything like it. Um, Cincinnati, you mentioned, interesting little stretch there where they get at the Raiders off their bye, three games in a row at home where the opposing team is on back-to-back weeks. And then they have to fly to Denver and play in the cold and the snow in December, and, which will be interesting. And, and this was one of those two where I said, like, this might be the case where the Raiders are really bad. You're getting Cincy off a bye. The Raiders have been a bad team, but Cincy's nothing to write home about. And Cincy might be over, you know, a little overrated on the yep. road traveling out to the West Coast. You bet Cincy. Hey, they're and, putting it together. They're putting yeah, they're it putting, together, they're man. Putting, you Look know, this, late, together. A late season push. Zach Taylor saving his job. Joe yeah, Burrow so, looks like so, the man. So, yeah, so this is like the one spot where you can be like, you know what, I'm taking Derek Carr at home here. And yeah. against the spread, what like especially if it's a close game, if it's a pick, like the offense might really slog along. I'm, I'm, if this offense slogs along, I'll avoid that game. Like I'll just won't bet that. But then, but then like yeah, the Pittsburgh Chargers, San Francisco, they can go zero and three there, but cover the spread each time. Yeah, like that would not be out of the realm of possibilities. Those teams are off back-to-back road games. You bet them three times, and then they get so overrated at that point. Yeah. You come back on Drew Locke. Yeah. You know, Drew Locke you're, you're, at home you're, at altitude. You're betting on Drew Locke at home because, yeah, if, if they – let's say just two out of three against the spread, maybe even a sneaky win there in that three-game stretch, they're overrated yeah. going flying to Denver, playing with yeah. young quarterback at altitude in the cold weather late in the season. Ugh. Yeah, against the pass rush. Yeah. 
All right. That's all I have my comments on the uh, AFC North. I really do feel like the schedule tilted the balance in favor of Cleveland. I really do. Um, and I we got to talk to our buddy Suma at some point because I know he's a he's a Ravens guy at least at this point in the season. He's he's fired up about the Ravens. Yeah, so I'm. We maybe I'm I'm I think they're both going to win a that. shitload of games. Like it, it might be a, a tiebreaker at like 13 wins to see who gets this division. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I have a hard time being down on the Ravens, especially if Cleveland is 2-0 head-to-head against Baltimore. Riddle me how Cleveland doesn't win the, uh, the AFC North. No, I don't know. It's set up. It's set up well for them. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Um, let's flip to the NFC least. How about your Cowboys? Yeah. Weird schedule. That's a tough start. Really, that's a tough way to start. Getting your quarterback off a horrific injury, playing the Super Bowl champs in the bright lights, and then banner raising banner night. One of the teams with the most talent that underperformed last year, with the again with the rookie head coach, but uh, that's not a great way to start the season. No, I'm I'm not excited about that if I'm a Cowboys fan. And then, yeah, that that other stretch you have highlighted there. And, you know, if anybody is listening to this in podcast form, I'd encourage you to go look at the YouTube channel on some of this stuff because or even just look at the charts later on or while you're listening to this. But like we have a section highlighted for the Cowboys between weeks 11 and week 15 where there's four road games, four out of five on the road, four out of five on the road and three in a row. So you go back Mm. to back to back, two of them in division. If if you do poorly and that's three back to back, two of them are division games. You're putting yourself on the outside looking in, and that's tough because the NFC isn't tough this year. There's a lot of playoff spots up for grabs, and this kind of thing late in the season really puts you in a tough spot when you're trying to get back into the playoffs and probably save your job if you're McCarthy. Yeah, uh, that Raiders game on uh, Thanksgiving is going to be a big deal. Yeah, that's a weird one. you better play well on that one home game you have in this five game stretch against the Raiders on Thanksgiving Um, if they lose if they lose that game on national TV in front of everyone on the holiday Mm -hmm. and then the rest of that road trip goes about how you'd expect it to go (laughs) it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for McCarthy to be there after the Philly game at the end it is. I completely agree. Um, and this has cooled me a little bit on any kind of Dallas enthusiasm, to be honest. Um, that's yeah, this time fight. last year, we were having an argument over whether we were betting McCarthy coach of the year or <laughs> Dallas most points scored. And you were on the coach of the year side of things. And I, I was yeah, after like two weeks, I was like, well, I strenuously object. <laughs> yep. I am. Uh, I'm done. I'm done with that take. And then all the injuries, like they were never getting there as an offense after that. And the defense was, man, even if they didn't get injured, like, what is that team? If that offense is really good, they're just the Raiders from last year. It's like, Oh, the offense can score. Oh my God. The other team just scored already. <laughs> Go back out there. Like what happened? Well, at least they yeah. invested in stopping the run. So they're going to give themselves a chance this year. They'll have, they'll give themselves a chance, man. Um, the Dallas Cowboys are not the only team in the NFC least that has four out of five late in the season. The Giants also have four out of five late in the season. Uh, At Miami, at LA, that's not an easy trip from New York. Fly down to Miami, fly out to LA, uh, then home for Dallas, and then at Philly, at Chicago. 
Um, things could go sideways there for the Giants late. Um, and I mean, Philly's schedule is pretty easy. I tried to highlight what I thought was the toughest port part. Uh, obviously, I don't see them starting the season especially well, uh, particularly that week two game hosting San Francisco. They're going to be in a little tight spot. Um, but, you know, they have a three and four road trip at Vegas, at Detroit, at Denver in there. Um, their middle sandwich game is hosting the Chargers, who could be frisky. Um, I mean, Philly, Philly's gonna, probably going to lose a lot of games, <laughs> but yeah. their schedule is not quite as tough as the Giants or the Cowboys. No, and if you're the, Philly, you hope that Matt Ryan is done. You hope that um, Sam Darnold doesn't work out. You hope that yeah. Dallas can't bring it back. Like That's how you yeah. get to three and three in those first six. Yeah, because you're not beating KC and you're not beating Tampa. You're not beating San Francisco. You're San not beating, Francisco. you're not winning your three home games. No. Like, it's funny. Yeah, the easy, the winnable games are on the road, which is worse. So, I mean, anywhere, like three and three is best case. Yeah. And worst case is all of them lost. <laughs> and then, I mean, these are bad teams, but then you head into two straight road games, three out of four, one at altitude. <sighs> you know, Vegas and Detroit aren't good teams, but it's still, they're still NFL teams. Like the golf, you know, anybody who bets college football realizes like the golf between, I don't know, Bama and like a bad Mac team or a bad American team. Like there's yeah. a big, big golf, but like, you know, the difference between the best team and the worst team is only 20 points really. And you know, 17 to 20 points in a, in an NFL season, really. Yeah. Whereas those are like 60. It's still yeah. the var variance bug can get you a lot quicker when the difference is only a couple touchdowns. I probably should have highlighted down through the Jets game because that's five road games in seven weeks, all yeah. right before your bye. So you have a late bye, your team could be gassed, uh, and you have to go travel five weeks out of seven. That's tough. That's a tough stretch, man. Uh, you know, Philly to New York, Philly to New York, back to back weeks is obviously not like especially strenuous, but it's still, you know, you're still not in the friendly confines. Um, you, your finale for, uh four divisional games three of them home is kind of nice so if you surprise if you're doing surprisingly well uh you know let's say you're let's say you're um three and six <laughs> through uh your first uh nine games um can you win uh your last what can you win five of your last eight eight I, i'm not even does that number add up to right i'm still not That's, used to that, that would get you to eight and nine where i'm going with this is can eight wins win the nfc east no I think it can. not this year i think it can man these schedules are all hard look at eight, washington. nine eight let's nine jump is, over to washington yeah let's they're, they're all tough schedules but Let's, yeah, let's jump over to Washington. Washington. I mean, has... inst instant instant reaction. Who who has the best chance to win the division without even looking at the odds in your mind? Washington's got the best team, but they've got the worst schedule. That's right. I think it might be like if the Giants, if Daniel Jones is a little better. Like Their they, Giants they, have a they all have tough schedules. Good. Yeah, they, the Giants' they have, defense could get them to a division title. Sure, you have a shutdown corner. And you have a halfway decent rest of the defense. If Daniel Jones continues to improve as a runner and sack doesn't get used like we used running backs in the early 90s, that's a division winning team, which is 
and it's like a nine or ten win team. Like Washington's better, but tougher schedule. Dallas is who knows? Like if, if they can put yeah. it together, the defense is not going to be better. They drafted a lot, but that doesn't fix it. I my gut says the Giants have a good enough defense to get them some hard fought wins against some average and below average teams. And my gut yeah. says J- Jalen Hurts is good enough to get some hard fought wins against some below average and some average teams. Um, but the best team for sure is Washington, but Washington's schedule is just nasty, nasty. Their last five games. So first of all, let's talk about market entry again real quick. Washington football team, last five games are all against NFC East. Very weird. Haven't seen that before. Don't know why they did that to them. Don't know why the entire division really is backloaded here. Like, you know, and you know why this, you know why this sucks? It sucks for us as NFL fans because all of the drama late in the season, all of the games that they're going to really put in prime time, put in front of us, push out there because they're going to be meaningful. They're going to be against these dog shit teams. <laughs> and it's, it's a bummer, but like, look at look, the, the Dallas Cowboys play one, two, four of their last five are against NFC East. The giants three of their last four are against the NFC East Philly. Their entire last four. NFC East and Washington, their entire last five NFC East. So we, there's really no reason to go bananas on this market at all until Thanksgiving. None. These teams are just going to get punked by all the good teams on their schedules. They may win a couple coin flips here and there, and then it'll all get decided in December and January. Yeah. I think it's nice when you can have that. It's almost a luxury. Because you can you can evaluate if you think the market isn't pricing it correctly at that point, you'll have a lot more information by then. So yeah, that, yeah. that's kind of where I'm at. I wouldn't I wouldn't place a future bet to win the division, any of these teams with your money. And like you said, <laughs> we agree. Like, yeah, like like <laughs> you said, agree. this is. And again, we, we do this every year. We say, hey, here's a plan. You don't. It's not like saying I am going to make a bet in late October on one of these teams. No, it's. I'm giving myself the option to make a bet. Like I'm saying this is, yeah, this is an option. October is probably better than now. And this is an option call. Yeah. It's an option call. I I might not make that bet. So yeah, we'll get, we'll get to this division. It's a very interesting one as we get through this, through the season to kind of evaluate. Just to point out that Washington stretch at Buffalo at Atlanta, home for new Orleans, home for KC at green Bay at Denver, like not great. Not great. <laughs> That's not great. That's I think Alex great. Smith retired. <laughs> Saw the schedule. I don't think you wanted to play that stretch, man. It's not a good schedule. And also, by the way, I I haven't fully vetted all of the. There's a little M there on that on the Raiders game. You see that? Mm-hmm. That stands for the Washington football team is coming off of a Monday night game whereas the Raiders are coming off of a Thursday. So there is an even an extra oh, day. It's the double-double. It's that it's that the doesn't double, happen double. that often. It doesn't happen that often. It's really rare. And I got to double-check that there aren't more of those on the schedule. But so far, that's the only one I found. Now, that's Raiders, interesting. Raiders get uh, an 11-day prep, and Washington gets six. Oh, man. Yeah, cool. not, great for the, not great for the football team. It's like It's almost as if uh, Daniel Snyder's being punished. 
<laughs> Karma's getting him regardless. Yeah. Um, let's uh, flip next to the AFC West. Denver Broncos, as we mentioned, have two road games on the East Coast to start their schedule. The second of those in sweaty, hot Jacksonville, Florida. Um, this sucks for them for two reasons. Number one, they don't get the altitude advantage in weeks one and week two. And that's the thing we've highlighted <laughs> in years past where it's like it is. going and playing up in Denver right off the bat. That sucks. Stuff. Teams never do good then. Never. Never do <clears> that's good. That's gone. Um, the, meanwhile, the... Um, uh, I, this is again also also looks like we, we you know if they decide to stay east for that Jacksonville game, I, which I think they should. I would, I would, I would keep my team east, uh, get an extended uh, week of preseason in there, um, get that Jacksonville win. Uh, then you get home for Jets, home for Baltimore. You can get off to a decent start if you can, as long as you can win that uh, week one against the Giants. Um, after that, their schedule is pretty pretty kick. Uh, they get to host. They don't get to use their um, cold weather advantage except for the Detroit game. Maybe week 12 against the Chargers. That might be a cold weather game, but I'm not totally expecting that. But week 14, you're getting a dome team uh, in the snowy confines of Mile High, uh, which is cool. But overall, I thought Denver's schedule was relatively easy slash fair. Um, KC's schedule is front-loaded like a MFR. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think there's really a rush to bet a KC future considering they start Cleveland, Baltimore chargers. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not jumping at it. We had some last year <laughs> and we got, you know, we got a good price on it, but at the same time, it, the schedule is getting tougher. And I don't, I don't know if like people catching up to them is a thing, but it, it certainly is in the NFL. Like you got to keep innovating. Otherwise you're not going to stay on top. And also Here's like, those are teams that could all be in the, you know, in the hunt in the AFC. Right. They got Buffalo week five too. I should have dragged that down through five. Buffalo week five is no, 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 no cupcake. Um, So this is why I think this. So if everything goes right for KC, they're five and oh, right. Have they really exceeded expectations at that point? Is their number come in that much? Probably not. No, but it, you know, but the math might tell you that it should have. Right. And so after they play Buffalo, if they beat Buffalo, if they're five and oh, then might as well bombs away KC some some KC numbers, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's it's down to like even money or something ridiculous, obviously. No, but way. it's yeah, no chance. you know, especially you go look at Tampa's schedule, go look at, you know, some of these other teams' schedules. If Cleveland's four and one or something, if uh, you know, Baltimore has won all their other games besides that, maybe they're four and one and they lost to Buffalo. Buffalo's, you know, doing well. Like some of these other teams are gonna keep the price depressed, especially within their own conference. But yeah. Mm. Like evaluate that that's one where yeah, evaluate it going into the Washington game and kind of see like, do I wanna add some KC to my portfolio? That would be the time I would add if I was going to add. Or if they, you know, Buffalo gets them in that spot, Buffalo might be the the driver's seat for the one same with Cleveland Cleveland might get them they might be in the driver's seat Baltimore might get them they might be in the driver's seat like I, I definitely could uh shit the Chargers might uh might get them and be in the driver's seat for the West who the hell knows probably not but maybe um the other thing I wanted to point out about KC's schedule because it gets real easy like after Buffalo they got a little bit of an advantage against Green Bay but not much they're not really playing anyone tough Toughest really. game in there is Tennessee. Yeah, they Tennessee is giving them a tough Tennessee, time. Tennessee, well, it just 
it's the second week of a back-to-back. Yeah. So, like, Tennessee has played them tough. Um, the Raiders, truthfully, kind of have played them tough. The, the Chargers have a good game plan against them. So maybe Chargers later in the season. That one's but Thursday again, Night Football. With the it's a week. Thursday Night Football rookie head coach. So yeah. we say, oh, the, the Chargers have played them tough. But that was a different Chargers organization. So yeah, I don't know. Anthony Lynn's not walking through that door. Anthony Lynn's not walking through that door. No. See the Rams they got D a coordinator. Team doctor too. Who's the Rams? Rams got a good D coordinator. It's uh, uh, it was the Atlanta coach Raheem Morris, I think. Um, where did I kept where calling did him Raheem Mostert? No, you're right. He is the Rams defense. He plays is, daily. Is Lynn in uh, O O coordinator in Detroit now? I think. <laughs> I think. Um, we'll look into this. Yeah, that's the, that's right. Uh, the other thing about KC's schedule I wanted to point out, finishing your season road road puts a premium on, on winning your, on your winning your divisions and getting the buy. Right. But especially winning the division. Right. Yeah. At least getting a home game, but boy, getting the one seed again, now that the one seed is the only team of the buy, like. Getting the one seed really, really matters. Like, if it's a dogfight, well, not only that, but they'll have an advantage. Having Cincinnati and Denver late in the season like that, those are some easier road games, although, albeit still road games, but having some lesser opponents will help you get there. But, man, they really – you don't want to you don't want to go road, road, and then have to host again. It'd be nice to go road, road, yep. bye, host, mm-hmm. after a team that just played another week. You know it's what? It's kind of uh, dumb to say, yeah, the bye is good, but – I think yeah. it's even better when you end end the season like this road road. And these are tough spots. This is I don't expect Kansas City to be a wild card team, but stranger no. things have happened. But teams that have this where they go road road and then end up in a wild card spot, that is like a death. RIP sentence. and peace. RIP and peace. Going road yeah. road and then road <clears throat> playoff game. Tampa rough. Tampa won the Super Bowl as a wild card last year. Guess who's not winning the Super Bowl as a wild card this year? Kansas City. City. And it has everything going to do with the AFC, yeah. Not going through the AFC, not going road, 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 road. <laughs> that is a very tough ask. Uh, yeah. Tampa Bay had a home game to end their season, and they had a home game to end their playoff run. So it was a very different situation. Um, Chargers, on the flip side, they end the season pretty damn soft. What do you make of that? Everybody's traveling to come to them on back-to-back road games to get a little extra rest before they got to play Houston. Although Houston, they got to play them early. Um, they Oh, they have a bunch of earlies. You can't see the clocks in all those, but the Chargers have five games that uh, kick off at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, compared to two for Denver and three for the Raiders. Oh, no, the Raiders have five also. I don't know why my clocks aren't showing up on this. Um, they're on the main one, though, I think. But they yeah, definitely are, yeah. Not the easiest first half of the season, but it gets easier. Like, I have the Chargers penciled in as a playoff team, a wild card. And a big part of it is that easier second half of the season. AFC is going to be tough, but yeah, Giants at Houston, Denver at, at Raiders, like playing an absolute dead Raiders team at the end of the year, getting your offense right. It sucks because what we just talked about it's probably gonna end up being a wild card team that plays a road game so you go from going from playing at vegas and then the next week you're probably heading to like what cleveland buffalo baltimore 
Like none of those are easy destinations as a second straight road game. They might not go far in the playoffs, but I definitely think with that second half of the season, especially if Minnesota and Pittsburgh don't, you know, stay, I don't even want to say Minnesota is good. They certainly weren't a playoff team. They weren't on the level of Pittsburgh, especially for the big first part of the season when Pittsburgh wasn't losing, but Minnesota was like a fringe playoff team last year. Like their offense, obviously, which, you know, Justin Jefferson being so good, Delvin Cook being such a good runner, like they are right there on the edge of a playoff team, I think, probably still, because there's not a big difference in what, you know, that team brings to the table from last year to this. And the NFC is probably easier than maybe than last year. So, you know, Minnesota and Pittsburgh aren't gimmies, but they're home games. Philly, Denver, Cincy is road games. Like that whole second half of the season, you got the KC game, but maybe that's it. So, you know, the Chargers can make a run there end up in the playoffs, but again, going road to a road playoff game isn't great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. 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 Yeah. The Chargers schedule. Somebody did bring up trip, brought it up. Uh, first six games are tricky. That is true. There's some, there's some wick, uh, tricky ones in there without question. Um, but uh, you're not doing a ton of traveling early in the season. Uh, which is kind of nice. You got to go at Washington and at Baltimore. So two East coast trips in six weeks, but uh, your only other road game is at KC. Um, the, and that's, and there's another one entry. Like if I was entering on the chargers, it might be uh, during the buy. Yeah. If I can find play, a good price them to make the playoffs, like if somebody's hanging to make the playoff prices live yeah. during the year, if they're, they're three and three and their three losses are KC, Cleveland, Baltimore. Those are probably the three best teams in the AFC. Yeah. You know? Give, give it to why, me. Yeah, why not? Um, okay. The Raiders also pointing out at the end of their Man. schedule is a disaster at KC uh, in the early slot, at Cleveland in the outdoors, uh, and at Indy in the early slot. Uh, Denver sandwiched in the middle there. That's just – I think – I don't think the Raiders are getting any wins in their last five weeks of the season, I would guess. But – no, the Washington spot might, if that really does work out well for them, I hate to say like <clears throat> bet KC, but let's say the Raiders look really, really good because they got extra refs versus, uh, you know, nothing against that coaching staff. They're veteran coaches, but that's a big ask for anybody to prep for on a short week like that versus a team with extra rest who gets extra time to prep for you. Like if the Raiders look really good at home versus Washington, maybe that KC number comes within a range where we can bet it and not feel even bad about it and watch KC just mop the floor with the team that turns out wasn't that good. They just had a good spot. I think hey, a lot of these, crazy. a lot of these spots here are just, Hey, it's, you're not betting on this week. You should be betting the next week after they yeah. become over or underrated. Yeah. Without question. That's why it's so useful to look at the fabric. Uh, let's talk about a, point that patrick brought up that i've been had in the back of my head that i haven't brought up to you but it's been kind of i've been stewing on this because we haven't seen any home games for the raiders with a crowd will home games for the raiders have a home field advantage for the raiders (laughs) or will this be a destination type of deal for fans of every other team who is playing in in vegas he brought, brings up the Bears. Literally every Bears fan I know is planning on going to Vegas for that game. And it's like an Arizona game. Remember the Cardinals game against the Steelers? 
It's like there's more terrible towels out here than anything. And, you know, yeah. Arizona's a retirement state where you get a lot of fans who just moved, especially from cold weather <laughs> cities. Like, I'm not shoveling snow once I'm 60. I'm moving to Phoenix. Patrick you, on one that. right now, man. Yeah. They'll have home field advantage for the Chargers and the Bengals. Of course, that's a great point. So two yeah, games, there'll it. be more Raiders fans than there will be opposing fans. But they may be outnumbered in a bunch of these games if it becomes a destination thing to go to Vegas to see your team play, right? They might have to start doing like they do in European soccer where they can only sell so many tickets to the opposing team, Ooh. which is super, super hard to monitor. But Because I don't think it's a thing at like Knights games, even though that is such a destination for people who have a hockey team they like to follow. Smaller like you still, yeah, you still like. There's a really good support for the Knights, so uh, they, they are excited about the Raiders out there. But it won't be as you know. It'll be more of a. You'll see more of a traveling crowd heading to these games than like, you know, nobody's like, oh man, I, I might go watch the team play in Buffalo this weekend. I've been dying to get up to <laughs> upstate New York or or the Meadowlands. You know, I just so well, uh, I want to check out some of the scenes uh, where they shot some of the things from the Sopranos. Yeah, yeah, not a destination. Vegas, Phoenix, Miami, baby. Yeah, maybe San Diego. Maybe, uh, yeah, San Diego used to be, but LA is a little bit now. Not, but, not even a team anymore. LA is LA is might be a um, not a destination deal, but I am prepared for it to be a opposing team fans who live in LA decide to go to that game, like the Chargers when they were in the soccer stadium. Yeah. People who just people who live there live in you know LA is freaking big, twenty million people. Uh, you're down bound to have fifty thousand Steelers fans or whatever. Um, so, Giants fans, Steelers fans, Vikings fans, Patriots fans, guarantee you all of those will be pretty hefty crowds against the Chargers. Well, even uh, like the Gophers, the Gophers had a home and away with UNLV a few years back, many probably ten years back now. I knew a lot of people that were like, well, I'm going to a golfer's Let's game. Go. Let's go. Um, all right, let's look at one more, and then we'll call it a pod. Uh, this is the Arizona Cardinals, LA Rams, Seattle Seahawks, San Francisco 49ers of the NFC West. Seattle and Arizona start out the season not friendly, whereas San Francisco, boy, oh, boy, does that look like a potential soft start. Um, do you, I mean, obviously Green Bay and Seattle are good teams, but you get them both at home early in the season. Um, you get your, you get your two weeks to kind of, uh, uh, get right on the East coast with your little mini camp. Um, San Francisco can potentially get off to a good start because it gets easy for them after that. Uh, Arizona, Indy, Chicago, Arizona, uh, not bad. You know, you get an early buy, um, which could be good for them depending on, whether it's good or bad, I have no idea. Um, but uh, only three trips that they have to make east, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, Chicago. Uh, amazingly, um, Seattle only has two early trips. By far the le- the fewest early kickoffs of the West Coast teams with two. As if you'll remember from the last slide, both the Chargers and the Raiders had like five. Um, and the Cardinals have five <laughs> early kickoffs. Uh, Cardinals start with three out, uh, three out of four on the road. That sucks. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think the idea of a Cliff Kingsbury having a, uh, uh, a, a rousing start to this 2021 campaign, I put into serious question when I look at this, uh, uh, the first six opponents for them. Do you agree? Yeah, no, for sure. 
I'm, I'm thinking too, like we're going to have to save these and use these uh, scheduled things like that. We, you know, the divisional ones. Oh yeah. Maybe you have to like split, use them during the divisional previews. We, we oh, might absolutely. be bringing these back. We'll be bringing these back in the coming weeks for sure. You like the look, right? Like it's a good visual. Well, and it's funny too, because somebody in the chat, like right away asked like, Hey, can do you have these by division or are they always alphabetical? Like to look at, I'm like, oh buddy, like you're you're oh, in for a surprise. Buddy. We don't, we're not going to get all the divisions up. We just picked the four, the four that had the most uh, kind of interesting stuff to talk about. The most interesting. We'll, we'll have all of them when we get around to those divisional previews or the previews for each game. But yeah, sure. this is the one I've had the most trouble with. Although, like off the bat, and again, it may be because it was alphabetical, and I looked at Arizona first, but I said, man. That's Tennessee's for... not full on East Coast. It's far enough. East Coast, West Coast, coast the Vikings. East Coast, very East Coast, all the way to Jacksonville. West Coast, back at home to play the Rams. And then San Francisco and Cleveland. And then your cash, Cliff Kingsbury, first coach fired. Like those are... <laughs> Jacksonville, you know, Jacksonville's not a good team. They're young. They, you're playing Tim Tebow. And uh, a coach that might not know what's going on in the NFL, but for the most part, those are pretty quality opponents there. And four of them are on the road. Yeah, that's, you know, it's not like, oh, I guess it depends what management decides to do there. Like, hey, do we let them get right versus Houston? (sighs) Because after that, it's then it's Green Bay and San Fran again. And again, there's, and then there's a whole road game against Seattle before the bye. After the bye is easier. It is a little yeah. easier. You still get L.A. and Seattle, but you get them at home. But man, Arizona's schedule is not setting up for Cliff Kingsbury to impress and shut down the haters. Yeah, Patrick brings up another great point. He's on fire today. Week one, East Coast travel is mitigated. I 100% agree with that. But an early kickoff still sucks. You don't want to be doing all of your training camp in the Pacific Northwest nice and and, uh, and then uh, you know have to kick off at what feels like 10 o'clock your time. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not cool. No, not good. Um, definitely could set yourself back in the first half of that game. Uh, anyway, the Rams. Easiest schedule of this group by a mile, I have to say. I know it wasn't, I wasn't hot on the Rams. I'm not sold on the Stafford thing. I'm not sold on the coach altogether sometimes. But I do have to say the schedule is conducive for them to play well, make a run at the division, maybe win this division. Certainly, I think the Rams are certainly a playoff team. Just can again, it's the NFC, and yep. this kind of schedule is probably gets you double digit wins pretty quickly. The two toughest games in your schedule at Green Bay, you get them off of a bye. Um, and then at Baltimore, week 17, presumably you could already have this division sewed up. Um, so that's not one that I really think is one that you're sweating now for sure. Um, two losses to the Niners because, uh, Kyle Shanahan owns your coach, but that's fine. Um, and they're the only team guaranteed to play Andy Dalton. So good for them. (laughs) That's a thing. Yeah, it'll be, oh my God. I don't even want to think about that yet. We'll get to the Bears eventually. But, uh, yeah, um, San Francisco, I think we uh, – Patrick says, yeah, they need to stay healthy. But also, we don't really have a good inkling on what they want to do. Yeah. The fact – what they did over the offseason, where they traded, where they drafted, speaks volumes about what they think about Jimmy G. He was hurt. And he played well at times, but he's been injured a couple times. And I don't know if they're 
if they're going to make a quarterback switch at some point during the season, it makes it awful hard to read the tea leaves on the, how the schedule goes. So San Francisco may be the most high variance team out of these. Yeah, I agree. Just I, I kind of know what I'm getting with Seattle, even though all, they, they surprised us. Yeah, they surprised us in the you know the regular season to start last year, where it's like, oh my god, this team is going to be fun. They finally figured out that they're idiots, and then they went back to it. But like, yeah, San Francisco, yeah, alt over, alt under. It's it's like either they bungle this quarterback situation, they take a lot of talent, and they turn out to be last year's Chargers, where it's all oh, a lot of talent, but can't quite figure it out. Or they're you know they play really well and they they make the right choice at quarterback, which I don't know what that is. Oh, yeah, God, so much more to get to when we get into the team by team previews. I'm pretty fired yeah. up. This was a good appetizer, though. Um, major takeaways, closing thoughts. Yeah, just like we said at the beginning, this is a great tool. We're gonna post these on Twitter. I'll probably put them in a a blog just so I can reference back to it, so I can always have that link so you can find it. I'll just say here's Drew's charts and it'll that'll be the whole blog so you can go find him later. <laughs> and yeah, that uh, use these. Use these to your advantage, but again, like we've pounded over and over again, this isn't just a this isn't an answer key. No, and it feel, yeah, like the old I don't want to dig on another company, but like some of these companies that have I mean, we use killer sports. We were talking about the SDQL, things like that where you, you enter a bunch of trends and you overfit it. And it's like, all right, this is a bet on, this is a bet against. You're not using any more context than that. That is, that is the, you know, you know, that's not the way to handle this at all. It's use this as context, use this as, uh, you know, a reason why the line is certain a certain way. And maybe like we kind of hit on partway through the podcast there, use it as something to realize a team is going to be overvalued, undervalued after the after the you know game that we're playing with the big disadvantage spot or the you know the Raiders one was a big one where it's like man the Raiders are gonna have such an advantage <laughs> and then they're still a bad like they still are who they are the next week they could be mm-hmm. you get like KC KC minus seven and a half to eight and a half where it should be like ten. You know that if you if you get that in single digits, yep. Just you know, using my power numbers at home it should probably be like 13 really but Boy, even a nine and a half probably bettable there. I'm curious. I should go look at what the uh, what the line is for that game right now. That's we'll have them big. available. We'll have them available when we do the uh, the team by team previews. For oh, sure. for sure. We'll get back to that. But you're you know what you're right. When a team has a scheduled loss or a scheduled win, be prepared to pounce on the over reaction the following week because that's maybe the more valuable betting spot. Then, because uh, you know the market, how the market reacts to this stuff is always more valuable than any situational angle is ever going to be. In my opinion, I thought I had all the games in some spots. Maybe I don't. There's just week one. I just have game of the year. I really doubt that's a game of the year. Kansas City. Maybe all the Kansas City games are here. It is. Ooh, Thursday, November 11th. Oh, because it, it is on the road. Kansas City minus eight and a half. That's not the right game. That is not the right game. You're right. That one that the uh, Raiders at Casey. At Casey. Week fourteen, like so, December twelfth ish. Yeah, that one's not up. We'll have to see. We'll get there. Long way from now. I'm overexcited for that. So. 
lot that, yeah. of games left. If you have any questions, if you, especially if you see something that we missed, then oh, how about like, that? Hey, it is on spot. December twelfth. I got the date exactly right. I completely guessed. Yeah. If you if you if you think we missed something, definitely bring that up. For sure, we'd love to hear that, and yeah, hopefully you enjoy these. Absolutely. Best of luck. It's music. It's music. <laughs>